Hello, I'm Steve Martin, and this is the Earshot Creative Review for April, Spring in the Air. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my audition for a job on Fun Kids. Earshot Creative Review, and this time on the Earshot Creative Review, Arden Hanley from Global Radio. Hello, and Chris Nichol of WizFX. Hello, and Arden, tell us about the stations that uh, you produce imaging for. Uh, I take care of 95.8 Capital FM, uh, XFM and the Hit Music Network, not directly imaging all of those, but I lead the production team for those stations and also for the Big Top 40 show. And how many people do you have supporting you? Uh, I've got a team of uh, four other producers in London and then obviously with Hit Music Network they've got uh, sites all over the UK so most of those stations like Trent, Red Dragon, FM, Leicester Sound etc all have at least one producer within the station. Some of the bigger sites have two producers as well. Do you hand down the instruction in a command and control fashion from London? Always, always. <laughs> I'm like Genghis Khan of the imaging world. No, a, a lot of the time there's, uh, I mean, we have, some, um, we have some rules and some kind of standards that we adhere to and, um, and obviously Global's done a lot of work on refining the brands and making sure they're streamlined and they're all kind of singing from the same hymn book. But there's also a lot of autonomy for local producers as well because uh, you can't dictate from London something that's going to work in Nottingham, for example, or something that's going to work in, uh, in Wales. All you can do is sort of give the brand guidelines give an idea of this is the type of sound and the consistency that we're going for and you need to interpret that for your local market cool well one of the people who's working with you at the moment at global is with us as well and it's uh, chris nickel hi hello how are you hi yeah good thanks and uh, tell us you're not just working at global right now are you no no i'm sort of freelancing all over the place um a lot of it's from home uh doing some stuff for jackie fm uh but yeah as well as is some stuff at Leicester Square with uh, Arden Capital X. Uh, also involved with uh, sometimes very sparingly a station uh, production group in America called Brandon Diamore Productions. Uh, and also still doing some stuff for New Zealand for my home station, ZM. And if you're working from home, what kind of equipment rig have you got to have set up there? I've just got an inbox uh, with Pro Tools 8 and uh, just a, a MacBook Pro. And that's just pretty much what I'm doing everything on. I've got some plugins, waves, and things, and so far it's been okay, and it's managed to help me tune out the work. So you're still getting the work coming in. Yeah, that's right. I'm surviving, which is good. So. <laughs> Super. Well, we must thank also the Round Table Pub in St Martin's Court. So thanks to the Round Table for having us. And we're sharing the room tonight with the Sondheim Society. So if you hear some of the songs and the shows wafting over this evening, that's why. The Earshot Creative Review with Steve Martin. Arden, let's uh, hear some audio you've brought along this month. What have you got? Uh, I thought I'd start off. I know a little bit later on in the piece we're going to uh, we're going to hear some uh, some audio from the Jingle Bell Ball last year and Summertime Ball last year, which is uh, which is nominated for some Sony Awards and it's probably a flavour of where imaging currently is for Capital at the moment. But I thought I'd just go back a little bit to uh, to a period of a couple of years ago for Capital and uh, this was a um, this was a creative piece which actually won an award in uh, Radio and Production magazine uh, and it was for uh, Bam Bam who uh, spent about. Uh, 12 months or so on uh, on Capital for a little while so this was uh, part of his show opener Check it out. that boy needs therapy at the beginning a little boy went missing oh. all I could think about was Bam 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 this is the Lord Bam Bam Capital 95.6 if you're worried that tender young ears might be offended by some of the things Bam Bam might say don't worry 
We've got a with a beeper. This is so quick on the draw, even an innocent little guy like me can't fool him. I promise, no more swearing. Face go. Bam bam. Nick, our, uh, our marketing director's kids, uh, actually voiced that. And uh, this script, uh, the, the biggest kind of time effort in the script was actually working out what I needed to get them to say to make it sound like they were swearing without uh, yeah. Nick's wife uh, <laughs> refusing to let them, uh, let them record it. So, uh, but that was, uh, that was quite good, and that's just one of those examples. It's, I, it's just an interesting idea and kind of uh, taking a spin. Obviously, Bam Bam comes with a reputation. He was known for being, you know, kind of... The most dangerous man on radio, kind of thing. So it's just an interesting spin and interpretation, and trying to bring something creative that uh, that brings that idea to life. I'm interested in how you take someone like Bam Bam, who's got that baggage, but has also got the reputation they've built up on another big branded station, Kiss. And 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 what do you do to make sure that you get the credit for this back to the Capital brand? I think uh, I think the key thing with something like that is yes, he built up a reputation on Kiss. A lot of people would have known him from Kiss, but in some ways, it's probably easier to do that with uh, with someone like Bam Bam because he was very big with a younger audience. They're very media savvy; they know what they're listening to. Um, and obviously, with someone like that, that, he's got a lot of fans as well. He's he's one of those personas that people will um, will seek him out. So actually, the imaging job is less about branding him as capital and more about uh, embracing the fact that he's got a personality he's got a kind of act which has made him famous so what can the imaging and the production do around that that helps to reinforce that and kind of fit in with the brand image and tie it back to what the radio station's about as a whole well i'll tell you if you've listened to this uh, podcast before you'll know we uh, we love gratuitous use of children here and um and that was calculated to break out into word of mouth isn't it and get people talking yeah, absolutely. It's a type of uh, it's it's one of those things which uh, which happens all uh, doesn't happen enough in radio. It's something that genuinely people will remember that and talk about that. Some people might be shocked by it, but at least they'll uh, they'll talk about it and they'll remember it. Okay, we're going to come back and hear something else uh, to do with the profanity later on when we hear some of Chris's work. But you brought um, another promo from uh, Capital here. Uh, actually, the second promo is not from Capital. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's do this again. You brought another promo. <laughs> what I've uh, what I've actually uh, what I've actually bought here is, uh, in addition to my work with Capital, I uh, I take care of a couple of uh, other clients around the world um, through my um, through my company Ruptured Spark, and I thought it would just be uh, interesting to uh, to bring along a promo which is in uh, which is in German for a uh, station that I've done a little bit of work for called Big FM. Um, I don't speak very much German. I can uh, order my uh, order a coffee. Um, I can pretty much get through uh, ordering dinner. Um, and uh, you know, I know a few radio terms, but I don't speak a lot of German. But it's interesting that uh, you uh, what we do with audio. There's so many things in sound that you put together, which kind of transcend language and borders and everything like that. So as long as you kind of understand the concept, you don't need to understand every single word. Also diese Autos sind der pure Sex. Und würdest du mir auch verraten, wo du sie herst? Big FM hat vier brandneue Autos. Schnapp dir eins, den neuen Hyundai i10. Ich bin überwältigt. Black or white? Du hast mir ein Auto geschenkt. Welche Farbe steht dir? Welche Farbe soll dein neues Auto haben? SMS Black oder das Keyword White an die 40700. 50 Cent. 
Wir rufen dich zurück. Jeden Tag. Alle 100 Minuten. Deine Chance auf den neuen City-Flitzer. Black or White von Big FM. Chris is laughing. <laughs> it's just funny to hear German. <laughs> it's, uh, it's all novel to me. I'm not from this side of the world. so. <laughs> okay, I'm intrigued how you uh, direct voiceovers when you don't speak the language. Um, much the same way you direct uh, you direct voices voiceovers when you do speak the language. Most of the time, when you're talking to a voiceover, you get a much better performance if you're talking about feelings or emotion or asking them to paint a picture. And luckily for me, most uh, Germans speak very very good English, so I can uh, I can speak to a, a voice artist who uh, who speaks perfect German in English and describe the emotion and the type of feeling and, and paint a picture in his head, which then he can come back and deliver. On tape for me that I can uh, that I can put together, and you can kind of you can pick up on that uh, that picture painting and that feeling and that emotion. Should this bit be tense? Should it be intriguing? Um, is this the kind of bit where you're you know informative or you're selling the message, or is this the uh, the kind of the tease? All of these things you can pick up even if you don't know the exact words that you're saying. You get those feelings and those emotions, and you work with all of these things, and it becomes less relevant what language you're working in. And a lot of promos that we, we hear on this podcast and you hear on air, they follow a kind of musical structure anyway. So you would have an, an idea which would be developed and then there'd be a, a little twist and then a recapitulation and then a little flourish on the end, a little bonus. And, and that's, uh, you know, without saying that it, that's a formula that has to be applied to all, all promos, that is a, a structure that does similarly transcend language. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and you're right, not every promo has to be like that, but certainly it's worked for, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of pop songs um, that have sold a lot of copies around the world by sort of, you know, that structure of kind of verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus, big finish. Um, and a lot of promos are, are constructed in the same way. You've got some sort of tease at the front, you've got some meat of information in the middle, you've got some sort of twist and then you've got you know the kind of the big finish and your station tag at the end and yeah you're absolutely right it doesn't matter whether you're doing that in english or any other language it's a formula that makes sense and it's a formula that makes sense for the listener as well because even if most listeners aren't consciously going to say i want to hear a promo that's constructed in that way but they've heard enough of those things they've seen movie trailers they understand that formula and that kind of revealing of information and that way of being led through Uh, that it works and you, you build a connection through that familiarity with the formula even if the listener is not conscious of it. And who's writing this work? The two pieces that you've heard uh, were uh, were both written by me. Strangely enough, uh, I uh, I scripted uh, the uh, the promo that was in German was scripted in English first. Sat down with uh, a couple of the production guys there, and we talked through it. And they gave me a couple of different options for saying things in German, and a different a couple of different ways of saying it. And then we kind of broke it down because one thing in uh, in German, especially, is it's not a particularly concise language. Um, it tends to take a lot of words to say some things, but in English, we're actually very good at kind of word economy so uh, that wasn't just a straight translation that was a translation and then kind of working with them to say actually is there another way you can say that you know translate this back to me the bam bam promo was a uh, was a group effort that was uh, myself there was a bit of input from uh, scott muller who was a program director of capital at the time bam bam himself had a little bit of input in that uh james stodd who i was working with at capital at the time it's a good way of kind of filtering your ideas and making sure that something you've written actually does make sense and if 
you've written a joke, making sure it's funny. The best way is to actually tell it to someone, and if they laugh, you've done a good job. If they don't, you've got to go back and do some more work. Chris, how does that compare with the, the way you like to work? Uh, well, uh, certainly from where I was in New Zealand, and I guess also working from home now, uh, you don't always get the option of being able to bounce things off. Certainly other, other radio-minded people. Uh, luckily, my girlfriend, is uh, she's in advertising, so she kind of gets it a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, definitely when I was at uh, ZM back in New Zealand, it was often a case of writing the funny scripts and then walking around kind of like a stand-up comedian and just telling a whole bunch of witty one-liners or funny promo intros and if you got a reaction then you tick next to that one or if uh, maybe one of the girls gave you a funny look you knew it was too offensive yeah just that kind of approach is definitely uh, definitely a good way to to weed out the bad ideas uh, i think sometimes um certainly for me it was often about writing more than was necessary um Let's say we have, well, there's a piece of audio coming up a bit later on. I actually think I wrote maybe 10 scripts for it. Mm. And then the one that worked the best wasn't necessarily the best produced, but it was the best in terms of the reaction with others and how they how they, they took the idea. And, oh, that's really different. I like that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree. I think that kind of collaboration really helps to get you a better defined product at the end. Okay, sorry about the elderly man coughing in the background there. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I am dying as we speak, and I'll, but I'll see if I can live to the end of this podcast. I'm recording another one of these with some voiceovers in a couple of days, and I'm slightly worried that I'm going to block them both out of their careers by passing on my call to them. But, uh, now we've got some more work uh, from you, Arden, to play. Okay, I, uh, these are a, uh, a couple of promos which uh, happily, uh, happily for uh, Capital have uh, both ended up with uh, Sony nominations this year. Um, Jingle Bell Ball uh, and Summertime Ball promos. Um, we actually started an idea with Summertime Ball which was, um, uh, which was to do with, uh, you know, I can't get tickets to the Summertime Ball and that's something that a lot of listeners can relate to um, but uh, not necessarily having the Mayor of London say that to you. Capital. Hi, this is Boris Johnson. I'm the Mayor of London and I can't get summertime ball tickets. There's only one way in. Win tickets from Capital. To see the world's biggest artists. I want to see Katy Perry because I kissed a girl and I quite liked it. Win every hour. Capital Summertime Ball with Barclay Card. 95.8 Capital FM. I love the way Boris has to explain who he is. Well, you know, everybody knows that in radio, the first rule is you need to tell people who they're listening to. So, you know, we're just making sure that he, uh, he adheres to the rules of radio. And Capital FM in the last couple of years has become known as the station that puts on these huge set-piece events. You're all about big statements now, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, when, um, when Global Radio came into uh, to Capital, obviously some of the players in Global Radio had been with... Uh, with the old Capital Radio Group back in the uh, in the 90s, and bought some of that uh, some of that thinking and some of those ideas that made Capital famous in that time. One of the key things was an event strategy. Party in the Park was one of the most famous London events. Not even a famous event for a radio station, just a famous London event. And uh, when Global came in, they absolutely wanted to recapture that uh, that kind of that bigness, that kind of overarching event, and that kind of big broad appeal. Um, the capital had back in the heyday because they view that as key to uh, making the radio station a rating success. 
Cool. What are we going to hear next? The next thing we're going to hear is uh, is a couple of promos for the Jingle Bell Ball. And after the success of the uh, of the Boris Johnson promo, we actually we used that a little bit to leverage some other celebrities to play along with us a little bit. And we were quite successful with the Jingle Bell Ball. We had a lot of people play along, and uh, I think. Um, one of the uh, one of the ones that you wouldn't necessarily expect to play along with this was uh, Sir Michael Caine. Capitals Jingle Bell Ball with Windows Seven. Hello, my name is Michael Caine, and even I can't get Jingle Bell Ball tickets. There's only one way in: keep it capital to win your tickets all day, every day. I'll be there, even if I have to blow the blooming doors off. <laughs> Capitals. Jingle Bell Ball. With Windows 7, making your PC simple. Capital. Capitals Jingle Bell Ball. Hi guys, I'm Jamie Oliver, and I am a world-famous celebrity chef. My shows are watched by millions of people around the globe, and I've even changed the way that British kids eat in school. So all I want to know is this. What do I have to do to get my hands on some Jingle Bell Ball tickets? Now, there's only one way in. Keep it capital to win your tickets to see the world's biggest artists. If I find out that Gordon Ramsay have some... Win every day. Capitals. Jingle Bell Ball. With Windows 7. Making your PC simple and easy to use. Coming soon. Capital. And there's no music in there from any of the artists, no mention of any of the artists playing. No, it's one of the interesting things is it, it comes back to that creating genuine talkability. And obviously, when you're promoting an event with all of those great artists on there, there's a place for the promo where you play clips of all of the songs and you name them and you just celebrate how brilliant that lineup is. Um, but what was easier for us year two of the Jingle Bell Ball... Um, is that people understand the name of the event so we can actually be a bit more creative in how we sell it because the audience knows what it is they have an idea of the calibre of artists that we're going to have at the event so we can actually do something a little bit different and engage with them in a different way and presumably you want people to be excited about this event because it's because it's capital not because it's uh, lady gaga absolutely i mean all of these events are put together with the purpose of putting on a great show but obviously we're a commercial radio station we live and die by rating success so all of these things have got to drive the brand and reinforce the brand and help to make capital as big a brand as it can possibly be this is the earshot creative review i'm steve martin i'm with arden hanley from global radio and chris nickel from whiz fx and chris has recently landed in the uk from uh, new zealand i'm interested in these big events and wondering whether they take place in auckland as well no. <laughs> but you've uh, got a really competitive market there. Was it 40 stations, 1 million people? Yeah, about that. I think, yeah, about 1, 1. 1.2 million people in Auckland itself. Uh, most of the stations in New Zealand run like big networks. So while, uh, yeah, we broadcast to 1.2 million people in Auckland, we're actually trying to hit all 4.5 in the whole country. Um, but no, we don't We don't get the big the big events, and uh, so it can be difficult to find ways of, of putting on things and building your brand name within a listener's mind so how do you do it well uh, stunts Uh, a lot of the time um, and I think uh, we would often I mean there are concerts don't get me wrong and everyone fights to present them but we don't have the luxury of having the sort of money to put together you know a lot of uh, a lot of artists on one stage and then get them into 
In fact, I don't think I've recorded any artist IDs of anyone that anyone's ever heard of. I've had to pilfer them from elsewhere because we just don't get the big artists down that that part of the world. Uh, So yeah, small concerts, uh, trying to do stunts. Wedding stunts seem to be quite popular. Um, Or getting listeners hitched, that kind of thing. Yeah, let's get them hitched nude, I think, is the current thing going at the moment. Uh, It's a a little bit of a... uh, you can be a little. Our, our version of Ofcom is a little bit more lax, hence the stunt nature of radio, I think. So, you've brought some audio from New Zealand for us to listen to now. What have mm-hmm. you got? Well, the first piece I've got here uh, is one of those concerts I was talking about where uh, a big artist names a date and everyone scrabbles to, to present. Uh, this particular artist, Timberland, who actually incidentally never came, uh, <laughs> which was just awesome. But at the time, everyone goes, uh, you know. Full hilt, you know, trying to get everything sounding really good. We we branded the station up completely, uh, and you start to run the danger of taking yourself too seriously. And New Zealanders have a real um, mindset of being chilled out. Um, we like to take the mickey out of ourselves when we're quite a sarcastic nation as a whole. So the actual overall, the overbrand of of sort of ZM was not just to be kind of serious at times, but mostly we'd take a look at ourselves and, and have a laugh. So uh, an artist like Timberland, who you could argue is particularly arrogant, at his, you know, if you listen to any of his lyrics, talking about how famous and awesome he is with his beats, uh, this was kind of a dig at him as well as a dig at, you know, the whole massive hyper concert. And the station this was on is called ZM. What would MacGyver do with a kazoo, a pen and a glass? Eh? Better yet, what would Timberland do? ZM wants you to find out. Timberland. Vector Arena Auckland, July 18th. Register at ZMOnline.com now. Then you can win tickets, accommodation, and travel in the Black Thunder for you and a mate to see Timberland live. at Timberland's Auckland gig with ZM. Was that promo the reason why he didn't turn up? Probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he doesn't like to have uh, the mickey taken out of him. <laughs> um, but I think the, the real trick in that is actually the fact that we never refer back to the kazoo and the glass smashing. It just happens. And so it's one of those things I think on repeated listens people start to get it. Sometimes people get it straight away, but I, and I think that's the real beauty of that piece is that it's, uh, it's humorous, uh, it works every time, and MacGyver is... Uh, was a key kind of uh, you know a female targeted audience in the in the older demographic sort of eighteen to thirty five was the wider demo. Um, everyone knows MacGyver in that age group, so it was kind of cool to play on that. And that's the twist. No one would have seen that coming. And we were talking last month on this podcast of Vince Lynch from Absolute, who has been doing a lot of work with Matt Berry, um, very astute guy, very clear about how to use comedy on radio. And we're having a chat about the quick one-hit gag against the slow-burn humour that can sustain multiple plays, high rotation over a couple of weeks or so. And you've certainly tapped into that with the promo there. I mean, that could run for a week and it's not going to burn. No, that's right. And I think... That with uh, ZM especially, it's such a, a highly promotional station, but with lots of small things that uh, you need to be able to make one thing and move on. So the approach was definitely to keep something that wasn't going to burn on the listener and you're not going to have those people calling up getting annoyed at the fact that we're destroying their favourite artist. So uh, on from that, the next piece we've got is uh, a slightly different kind of, of humour now. Uh, 
more slapstick gaggy um, and this one is for it we had a we gave away a lot of trips that was something we could do uh, and we had a, a brand called the world tour uh, and we basically just kept counting it up to make it sound like we sent people all over the world all the time and this place was Argentina El mundo del ZM viaja 39 El envío de usted a Argentina gracias a viajes de STA Quédese ZM fuerte para ganar todo que usted tiene que estar allí en nosotros Wow. <laughs> I guess There's the no I, reveal. No, that's right. I think, and that's the idea on that piece. I mean, that was actually part of a wider campaign with some more straightforward kind of we're sending you to Argentina. But the idea behind that was to not say anything. Uh, the Again, in a, in a highly promotional uh, station where we had promotions for everything in the same hour, you know, uh, we're sending your workplace drinks, we're doing this, you know, uh, having something like that, it was meant to stand out and people go, what the hell is going on? Um, again, you've got jocks telling you what it is, you've got other promos telling you what it is, so that was just purely a kind of prick your ears up and go, oh, I'm going to have to keep listening if I actually want to know. And if you're smart, you will guess. So. And in the UK now, Arden, you'll I'm sure agree with this, that you know the fashion is very much about reality. So if there's a story involving your audience, your listeners, so you send them away somewhere, you'd want to follow the story and find out how, how they get on. Is, is, is that what you were doing in New Zealand or was it all about the excitement of winning and that was the end of it? Probably more that. I, th- I think a lot of the time someone would win a competition and we'd send them off on it, but we wouldn't really check in. Maybe Maybe, maybe at the end of it, how was the trip wicked cool? But we wouldn't really uh, dwell too much on their experience. We just make sure they have a cool time and keep listening to us. Um, but we'd already be on to the next trip or the next concert because something else had come up and we needed to move on. Cool. Uh, this this next piece is again another slight twist. Uh, it's not a new idea. A lot of people do this, especially I think in the states, uh, where they re-sing songs and try and make them sound like the original song. Kind of you know like like a jingle sound alike kind of thing. Um, and we stole a line from I think Radio One with uh, is it Trust in New Music I think they had and, and the PDI had really liked that. So we stole it, but instead of doing it kind of straight up and down, wanted to kind of twist it, burn it in the list his mind so if they've actually heard the song they might sing this instead Trust ZM for new music. So I think if you forgive my singing, it's not too bad. <laughs> hey, well, I was going to say that sounds pretty cool. And uh, that's a challenge when you're doing resings, isn't it? To keep the attitude of the original so it doesn't sound like a naff copycat. That's and that right. doesn't. No, well, I, I think probably one of the reasons it doesn't is because uh, I tried with a lot of songs before that one. Uh, and, <laughs> I mean, we didn't have budget for anything other than myself in New Zealand. So also picking a song that I could sing. <laughs> probably the strong point there. And it sounds like you spent a lot of time getting the production and the effects on the voice just right too. Yeah, that's right. That's one of those pieces where I would actually spend a bit of time, listen to the song, l- what layers have they used to try and recreate them. 
And how long would that run on air for? Because it's quite a it's quite a short piece, isn't it? That one uh, we used to. Uh, well, that was kind of a generic new music intro, which we'd run if we didn't have a specific intro for the specific song introducing it. Um, so that probably I think they changed it not long after I left actually, but that probably had run for about two months. <laughs> you, make, you make it sound as if they didn't take it off air while you're still there. The moment you're out the door, it's, it's out of RCS. Purge all this creative stuff and go normal. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. I'm in a pub with Arden Hanley and Chris Nicholl. And if you like the music beds in the Earshot Creative Review, well, you can get them too. There are hundreds and hundreds of beds available, all at sensible lengths with fresh new beds added frequently. Guess where? Radiobeds.co.uk. And you can download them in MP3 or WAV format, just like we did. If you really want to be like us, download the WAVs. Radiobeds.co.uk. UK. The Earshot Creative Review with Steve Martin and other people who were booked after we made this ident. And now let's move to our comments and correspondence section of the Creative Review. Matt Deegan got in touch. We know him, don't we? Absolutely. No. no. <laughs> I'll in- we'll introduce you. <laughs> Uh, Matt Deegan got in touch via Twitter. He says, Hi, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the creative review. He just squeezed that into 140 characters. Uh, he also told me that it's frustrating when we rave about something on the podcast but then don't play the audio. So trying to avoid that today. Point taken. Matt, you may know, uh, this is for you, Chris. He's the main guy behind Fun Kids. He's kind of the honey monster's pimp. Uh, hi to you if you're new to the review and you found us via Ryan Dreen's Ryan on the Radio Producers Podcast. That's an American podcast. Ryan does a great series of kind of one-hour, one-on-one chats with radio producers. They're mostly American, although one of his recent guests was Sandy Beach of Music 4 from here in the UK. I think it's a really interesting listen, so do have a listen to that. It's Ryan Dreen. He's on iTunes. load of insights there into commercial uh, US radio. And Ryan obviously likes what we're doing here. Do you uh, do you want to hear what he said about us? Yeah. I didn't mention this in, in the beginning of part one, but uh, there's another podcast out there based out of uh, the UK, Stephen Martin. I think he does go by Steve. So I know Steve Martin, and you can too. Uh, check out his podcast. The link is there on my page. There we are. That's an endorsement from Ryan Dreen. And what I'm hoping now, of course, is that Ryan takes the endorsement we're giving of his podcast from this podcast and snips that back into his podcast, where he'll then hear his own voice <laughs> endorsing his podcast on this podcast. Earshot Creative Review. Great radio production and the people who make it. Earshot Creative Review. Now, we should talk about the uh, Sony Radio Academy Awards. I think this time it's uh, good news for production people, isn't it? Because there are now three categories for the first time that uh, people in our community can be nominated for. That's got to be good news, hasn't it, Arden? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's a uh, it's a great thing when uh, when there are a few extra categories to represent the work that production people do, and um, certainly in uh, in world terms, I think uh, the uh, the Sony Awards is one of the uh, one of the few kind of awards where there's actually there's a fairly small amount of categories that uh, that reward production. So it's great to see the extra uh, the extra pieces this year, the extra avenues to hear uh, some great work from uh, from 
other producers. And the interesting thing about these categories for me is they're now open to advertising agencies as well as radio stations. So although there are more categories for imaging producers, I think there's a new tier of competition really from the agency guys. And what about the best station imaging category? Well, so many of these people have been on the Earshot Creative Review. Uh, Vince Lynch for Absolute Radio, Matt Lomax for Kiss 100, um, Kate Dinsdale, Dan Snaith and David Wakefield for their work on Six Music and also nominated the Gold Network. Let's hear a little bit of that now. On 1548 AM, online and digital, playing the greatest hits of all time, this is Gold. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Andy Hayes in the London News Centre. The Met Office has issued a new severe... With gold. Welcome to Friday morning. Win in 10 minutes. Rachel Jewell. Gold. The greatest hits of all time. Brilliant. That was great, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, we love that. Just tell me who produced that. The uh, the Gold Network's actually fallen uh, fallen under Mark Hall's realm, who runs the. You make heart it sound like an accident. <laughs> well, uh, he started off running the Heart team, and as you know, that, that's a fairly big job because over the last kind of year or so, Heart's gone from a couple of stations around the country to 33 sites now in the UK, and the ratings have stacked up with those stations, and they've built a uh, a great network. So it's a real credit to their team, and it's a credit to their team as well that they, over the course of the year, they also absorbed all of the images work for the Gold Network as well and obviously have done a great job with it because they've been nominated for a Sony. Yeah, I've judged this category before in the Sonys, not this year I hasten to add, and it's always difficult to get um, stations who do solid, adult, mature sensible imaging uh, through into the finalists because it's so easy to get distracted by the fun stuff but actually those are the stations that are doing the hours building work most of the time through their imaging, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely and it's a very different and very different prospect to image for or uh, a brand in that age group and to come up with you don't have to be any less creative you've got to be in many ways more creative because you're you can't just rely on some flashy kind of fun imaging things you've got to have some some depth and some character to your imaging to engage with that audience and a lot of the time these kind of AC or oldies brands or some of the kind of older talk brands as well you've got to think so much harder about how you're going to image that brand to actually make it work and make it resonate and uh, and have it tie in with the audience and really engage them so who else deserves the credit for that nomination uh, that's a, uh, there's a lot of very talented producers in that team. Uh, obviously, Mark Hall leading the team, Adam Hood, uh, Richard Newby, Catherine Kerr. Uh, there's also uh, working on the S&P side, which I know this is an award for imaging, but they're all producers and they're part of kind of building that brand. Uh, you've got Martin Bruce and Ashley Bard. Congratulations to all of you for your nomination. And finally, in the station imaging category, nominated was Jack FM. And we heard Joe in the last edition of the Earshot Creative Review. He, when I saw him at the nominations night, was almost beside himself with joy. He was almost in tears. Uh, and uh, congratulations, Joe, because I know you put a lot of work into, into that. And Chris, you're a writer for Jack. 
Yeah, since I since I started doing stuff for them in October, so it's uh, it's kind of nice to see that in there. And uh, I like to think that uh, that was kind of the deciding factor. Probably wasn't though. I think uh, no. In all honesty, I mean, Joe does an amazing job with, uh, with the Jack stuff. So yeah, I think he definitely deserves it. And it's just nice to kind of ride on his coattails. So. Well, we played a lot of Jack last time, of course, but let's hear something for Jack that you've produced now. Breaking for a moment to tell you, bullshit piece of. <clears throat> Sorry. As I was saying. Motherfucker face. Um. Right, anyway. At Jack FM, we've got musical Tourette letting us play and say. Bum <clears throat> What we want. We were almost thrown out of the pub by the Sondheim Society at that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I th- yeah, I think. Uh... The idea behind that was uh, do a music demo, put lots of music into it and be funny. Uh, and a lot of the time you can get really long, so I wanted to try and do it in under 30 seconds. I think it's 24. So that was my goal, really. And I, I like to sometimes tune out something offensive. So hmm. <laughs> it was no real key idea behind it other than to be offensive. <laughs> Success. Yeah. If you're feeling hungry and you fancy a great dish, uh, now, last time we played another ad for a fish and chip restaurant in Stratford-upon-Avon, the latest in our series of fish-related sing-along favourites. Uh, we're still trying to find out who made it, uh, but the owner of Touch FM, Steve Orchard, got in touch. He told me that he definitely aired it on his station a couple of years ago, and the sales team could still remember it. I'm not surprised. We have a public licence, you can even order wine. Food is great, the service too, they come from far and wide. Everyone is welcome to Big Fish on Waterside. Stratford, eh? From Shakespeare to that in just 400 years. <laughs> and it's time to talk about stuff that we've heard on the radio. Arden. Well, actually, uh, I, uh, I unfortunately spend too much time in a production studio to hear, uh, to hear masses of radio at the moment, but I was lucky enough to, uh, to go and speak at the uh, studio, Student Radio Association uh, conference the other week with a couple of colleagues, uh, including uh, Matt Fisher from, uh, from Radio One, and uh, he played a promo there which is part of a kind of wider campaign um, which is built around some of those great personalities that Radio One has because obviously that's one of their key kind of attributes of the brand is they've got people like uh, people like Chris Moyles and they've got Scott Mills and all of these people have big personalities and kind of reasons to listen to them and they built it around the music and you was kind of the uh, the tagline it was uh, it was quite an interesting promo to listen to uh, and quite an enjoyable listen although I think it ran at kind of over a minute and if I ever ran that on commercial radio I'd probably get shot but uh, it's uh, it's one of those great things that you can get away with on the BBC I think the world's greatest DJs. I'm very well, thanks. I've calmed down a lot now. Wow, Chris Moyles. That's right, I'm nice straight. Fern Cotton. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Greg James. Uh-huh. Welcome along. Scott Mills. Right, I'm in the shower. The thing is, I've got my toes stuck in the plug hole bit. The best music. Yeah. Music is in it. And you. Yeah. 
great. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, you should always do a copy of that on Capital and then chuck in sponsors every <laughs> Cool. Do you want to hear some jingles? Go on. Now, you won't have heard these before. Uh, I was lucky enough to be in Ghana recently for work and doing some work with a bunch of radio stations there. And uh, the thing that struck me about the jingles that they played me from their radio stations was uh, how long they are. Diamond. 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 it goes on like that for uh, one minute and ten seconds. They certainly get the uh, station name away there, and it's quite funky, really, for a jingle. It is quite funky. Now, here's a slightly more high-production value track from a station called Fila. You know the great thing about that one, though? I think they want me to tune my radio to feel it. That's, <laughs> That's what I picked up. And they, they got some auto-tune in there, I think, which I, I like that. <laughs> one of the great things about working in radio and working in this creative field is there are so many different avenues to drive your brand forward. And there are cultural differences, there are you know, different ways of approaching it, there are people with a whole bunch of different ideas, but it keeps you on your toes as a creative person. And uh, you, can always, you always learn something new, you see something different, and even if it's something that immediately you kind of, uh, you kind of say, well, that would never work on radio over here, you know, it's always interesting to think about what's the idea behind running a minute ten long jingle. Uh, obviously there's something in the market in Ghana that dictates that that's actually what they need to do in order to succeed. And that's what we talk about here on the Earshot Creative Review. Next time, wall-to-wall voice talent. Uh, we've got Emma Clark and Mike Cooper here. You'll know their voices. Uh, I'll be the weedy-sounding one in the middle. And we're also at a Radio Academy event. Next time it's about the future of radio imaging. It's taking place in Manchester. BBC Manchester's John Ryan will have a full report right here next time. Thanks, Arden. Thanks, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. And thanks to radiobeds.co.uk for the music beds. Thanks to the Round Table Pub of St Martin's Court in London for their uh, recording facilities, which are a table and some beer. And thanks to you for being within earshot. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I just want a cough. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad. <laughs>